0: Welcome to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. This week we bring on a fantastic artist, Abominable Toys. We talk all things, materials, everything surrounding the creation of Chomp. You do not want to miss this. If you want more Toys on Tap, you can jump on all socials at toys on tap if you want to like subscribe rate review wherever you get podcasts that would help us out greatly and if you want a little bit more of the podcast called the nitty-gritty for three dollars a month you can definitely get that on the patreon at patreon.com slash toys on tap now let's get to this week's episode of toys on tap holy moly that backdrop of all of those is <laughs> insane thank you when you look at it like real level how good does it feel
1: it, it's kind of crazy because like a lot of times i don't think about like how many figures we've done but yeah. i just it's bizarre because I, I look at it and then i realize like wow there's like 60 figures here that over, yeah. over like five years so it, it's definitely very crazy
0: they are so good and it's like it's an archive behind you which is insane
1: yeah, yeah i just had a uh, just today i moved all of my boxes into storage because i don't have space to have all the boxes sitting around i just have like the figures stacked up over
0: there oh that's so good um <laughs> i'm pumped to have you on i met you uh just in passing because designer con's really tough to like mm-hmm. get a good insight especially people are trying to make sales all that stuff Yeah. Um, But it was good just to say, like, hey, I'm the one that sent you the message. I need you to come on because this is going to be sick.
1: Yeah. No, it was definitely
0: great to see you there. And then I bought a box, which I'm stoked. I I sent you that message like it has been just sitting in my office and it has been (laughs) the hardest thing to not open. And now I get to crack it open with you. And I think we should start out by opening one. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sick, 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 sick. Um. So, uh, just at random, just at random, which I'm stoked for. I'm if excited. It gets, if it gets crinkly, my bad. If not, it is what it is. <laughs> um. And you know what the chases are, right? I do. Yep. Right. So you'll tell me. Boom. First one. Original. Standard. He's so Good sick. Good one, to start with Oh, he's so sick, and I love that they come with a stand and all kinds of stuff. Oh, if I can get this bad boy out. Um. Pumped because I very few designer toys do I like really want. And I saw mm-hmm. these and I was like, let's do this. Let's do this.
1: I had, so I just met Andrew uh, a few years ago at designer kind of, and this is the first time I ever saw his stuff. And I walked by his booth, never seen it before. And I was like, I want to do something with you. And I bought like basically a case is back to the future ones. And I have them back here. Um, but I, I instantly saw him and I was like, this is amazing. I love it. So I I was very lucky. I got to talk with him and we got to eventually get a whole set of them.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So to start off, we already started off by opening. Please Mm -hmm. introduce yourself. Tell us what you do.
1: Uh, I'm Connor McConnell. I am the owner of Abano Toys and the co-creator of Chomp and Chomper. Uh, Basically what I do is I, I make vinyl figures, all sorts of fun stuff like that with my company, and we release them yearly.
0: That is so sick. You you have done something that is really impressive as a toy maker and uh, toy designer, and it's really taking just one character and seeing what the extent of it is. Mm-hmm. Did you think that that was going to be when you when you started this process? Did you think that that was going to be what you were doing?
1: I legitimately didn't even know that I was going to be making toys. I had no intention of doing anything with Bonal Toys. Chomp actually came before the company of Bonal Toys. I was mm. drawing a I, I was trying to come up with like a little character. Um I with my dad, like when I was in high school, we used to like sell comic books and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I will do something with that. I'll make like a little guy. Um and I just drew a, a sketch of what ended up being Chomp. It was like really simple. He didn't have a mouth, he didn't have a lot of the details that he has now. Um, I'm literally a piece of homework paper so like I, I don't even have it i turned it into my school so i don't yeah. i don't have a picture of it um but i had that and uh i met benjamin sue because i dealt with comic books and i took chomp and i said hey can you make this into like something actually good as opposed to my like little sketch and he added like the swirls and the mouth so like some the like biggest defining features of them I posted about him, um, just seeing what people thought about him. Like, I didn't have any intention of anything happening with it, And people were like, contact me. And like, oh, you should make pins out of that. You should make uh, figures out of it. And I just had a bunch of people reach out to me. And they're like, okay, well, I can help you because I know a sculptor. So they sent me a sculptor. And like, mm. it, it grew from there. But I, I had no intention of doing anything with it, really. So back to the question. I, I didn't even know that I was going to produce anything with Chop whenever I made him <laughs>
0: yeah which is like the best way to start to not really know that you're gonna like enter into something and create just straight gold like people will see clips of this and see what's behind you and they'll just be like it's a jaw-dropping experience to start out as just a sketch on homework
1: it really is it's crazy because a big thing for me is i i didn't have any background in making toys or mm-hmm. even running a i was in high school whenever I, I drew the first picture of chomp so it really is eye-opening that, like, anyone can do this for me. Like, it, it it was very cool to be able to learn the process with no background at all.
0: Yeah, that's that's so insane. So uh, we got to walk it back a little bit. Um, yep. Toys now are dominating your life, seeing yep. you in the middle of DesignerCon, and it's like uh, you're just surrounded by people. And by the way, who are the people working your booth?
1: Uh, so Riley was my girlfriend so okay. she's, she's there uh, she always helps at all the different conventions and stuff and then um, Ashley and Clint uh, they are just chomp fans and they they volunteer every year at the designer come booth and they help Brian with us
0: whoever I don't know who I was talking to I think it might have been Ashley like I was like ah oh, I, I want to buy a box I think I want to buy and she was like do it and I was like all right done and it was like <laughs> <laughs> such a good sale um and then the postcards which are so sick um, oh yeah yeah it's awesome um so take me back you are a child you are watching saturday morning cartoons or cartoons after school or something what toys are you playing with what toys are shaping you all that stuff empire blister <laughs> Empire, Empire blisters. blisters, specializing in action figure blisters. Three point seven five inch or one eighty two. Nineteen different styles. 2, two sizes of clamshell figure cases. Four, 4, 4, 4, 4 different bulk pack options. Quantities of one hundred sample packs available. Empire, Empire Blisters now sponsored Toys on Tap. 10. That means a ten percent off coupon on checkout. code Toys on Tap ten. That's T O Y S O N T A P one zero. Empire Blisters. Empire Blisters.
1: So I grew up in the early 2000s so one of the biggest shows for me was actually ben 10 i Mm. loved ben 10 i watched that all the time um i actually have uh like (laughs) even just on my desk i've like Ben 10 action figures um i have a deadpool action figure from uh when the x-men origins movie came out but it's like the comic deadpool because i like like that one so i have like some random ones like that um i had a lot of the old um when they did the amazing spider-man line not from the movies but like the older version it was like a late 90s early 2000s yeah i have a lot of figures from that um what else transformers I had a lot of transformers um those are kind of the main ones that
0: i kind yeah. of yeah those into. i mean those are great ones and yeah. like transformers were so i mean pardon the, the pun transformative like yeah, you're, no, you're definitely yeah you're building all these things um i broke a I, lot of them by accident so many of them
1: <laughs> that, like
0: i remember uh having the beast wars ones those, those are the are ones favorite. yeah beast Wars I, are my favorite i was the most into those ones because i liked mm-hmm. the animal aspect and all that and um i had a polar bear one that at some point i mm-hmm. need to rebuy because i snapped <laughs> legs i snapped because it was like they were tell you like oh bend it this way but as yeah. a kid, I just like the easiest move is just, okay.
1: Yeah. And you just don't pay any attention to the instructions.
0: Really. Right. And so, yeah. but that was, so that's cool. Um, Growing, like, I mean, there's gotta be a time as well where you like, you're like, ah, I'm over toys. Heading into high school. How'd you jump to comics? What's that? You said you did it with your dad. What it was. What's that about?
1: Yeah uh my dad was always into this sort of stuff like the reason why i got into transformers is because my dad bought a, a dvd box set of beast Wars, mm. and i used to watch with him as a kid so i was really into it because of that um but my dad was always into that stuff i watched uh the batman like the 2000s animated one with him um stuff like that so we, he's always been into that stuff like ever since i was a kid and we i moved in with him and we were, were like just living together and you know, I was going through high school and we kind of started like having you know our mutual interest talking about it and stuff so we got into comics he was always into Marvel and things like that and we we're like oh well, let's let's do something with it so I went to comic cons with him and we did all sorts of stuff like that but it, we gradually started doing it because like he collected comic books we had a ton of I now have a bunch of comic books too. Um, But then we were like, well, let's just do something with it, you know. So we would buy comics, we'd grade them, sell them, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, And that's kind of how I gradually got into it from there. Um, Another big thing that I was like really into as a kid was Lego. And my Mm. dad used to build Lego with me. I I still, I have so much Lego stuff. I buy more Lego (laughs) stuff than anything else. Um, But yeah, my dad was kind of a big part of that side of it, I think. He kind of got me into a lot of the things that I liked
0: yeah Lego is such a um I, I don't know how to describe it. like it doesn't have an age uh oh, yeah. it it does it says on the box right until ninety nine or something like that.
1: yeah, yeah
0: um, right. I saw a meme the other day that was like uh someone that turns a hundred just staring at their Lego collection. <laughs> it's like, uh but yeah, Lego it, it's great because it's made for everyone. and so having yeah. it doesn't feel like you have toys more of like i just have something that i like
1: yeah exactly i enjoy building it too like it it, yeah it's a nice process i've been getting a lot more into like the display ones like i have all the botanical ones like i think i have the orchid set back there um i have the horizon tall neck on my desk up here too so i have a bunch of
0: those sort of ones just like random display ones around my house so sick okay we gotta take a break and open one all right we're in that, we're in the box. We, I'm only, my second one in, I can't wait to just have them all up. I mean, I don't, what's the, don't tell me what the chase is. You can't, I was going to ask. You <laughs> well, you'll, you'll
1: find out. You'll get at least one of them in there.
0: Awesome. Um, Are there like God boxes where someone accidentally gets all of them?
1: There is. So one of the chases is a lot rarer than the other okay. I,
0: uh I don't want to tell you what it is boom candy that's a cool one. such a good one um and they're just gonna slowly like pile around me as we're talking um so comics is such a cool like i'm not into comics not because uh i don't like comics but i would read that like i would damage them i would destroy them um so here's the question that i gotta ask if you're into comics what is the comic that you have that you're like this is the grail for me?
1: I have a 9-8 um, newsstand, um, New Mutants 98, like First Prince of Deadpool, and it's signed by Stanley and Rob Liefeld. So that's like my best comic that I currently have.
0: Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I was very excited to get that.
1: I got it before the movie came out because I loved Deadpool as a kid. I, I played uh, the Ultimate Alliance games uh, when they came out on, like PlayStation 3 um so i think there's one on playstation 2 as well but i played those in deadpool i was big into him for a while then spider-man spider-man's obviously one of my favorites but i uh i can't afford most of the good spider-man comics so (laughs) i don't i don't have a lot of (laughs) those.
0: yeah that's unreal to have that did you get it signed or did you buy it already signed how'd that work
1: i bought that one already signed uh i've met both i've met stanley and i met rob Liefeld, but i I didn't get that one signed particularly. I just bought it like it, it was like two years before the movie came out, something like that. So I got it for a good price at the time for sure.
0: Yeah. I can afford it. That's always the thing too. It's like there are pieces, uh like toys and stuff that uh it's a negotiation with my wife of like, what can we <laughs> afford? What can we yeah. put? Um, I just uh like got a grail piece for me, which is like and I get to stare at it all the time. It's oh, this, yeah. this it's called Walt sickle. And it was made in, uh, 96 as an early oh, wow. resin toy. Um, and it's just Walt Disney stuck in a piece of ice.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Super sick, super sick. Um, so I, I get the like having something that's a grail, uh, yeah. as you continue through, you said you, you drew it for the first time on a piece of homework. Um, what grade are you when you do that and when's the first time that you talk to someone about making that real
1: so it was I think it was my senior year of high school so I I was 18 um 17 or 18 like right in there um and so I, I did the initial sketch uh we I posted about it whenever Ben refined it Um, And then I had a guy named Eric Johns reach out to me, Um, he owns a game company, but Mm -hmm. he contacted me because he liked the design. He's in the designer toy community. Um, And he was like, hey, I think you should do something with this. I have these sculptors that I work with consistently. Here's one of their contact information. And then I had to like, go through and be like, okay, is this something that I want to do? Is this something I can do? So I was like reading a bunch of articles online and trying to figure out like, how do you make a toy? How do you d- do different things like that? So it was it was a very long learning process, but we made, I used to, I would 3d print them in my robotics class in school. Cause we have 3d printers there. So I'd like go through and I'd do revisions with the sculptor and I'd change like the legs up and stuff like that. And I, I made probably like 10 different variants of like old 3d printers. I have them all in a box somewhere. Um, but I did that and we went through it until we finally got one that we were happy with. And then I had to go talk to people at the factory. And I think the first chomp figures were either they were either late 2018 or they were late 2019. But I don't hundred okay. percent remember. Whenever we finally released them, I did pins like two months before we did figures or like three months before something like that. Mm-hmm. So we did a couple of different ones like that. Those were the first products that we really said. Uh pins and shirts. And then I figures.
0: <laughs> What's so one, I at some point need to see the the box with those prints because that's like watching I'm a big fan of progression. And so like mm-hmm. I've made a character and above my head on the wall, right there, is like prototype to first cast to first sculpt. And oh, like yeah. and so it's uh there's something to be said about process and still owning it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really cool because they're all like, they're on like cheap school 3D printers. <laughs> yeah. They have like the lines all shown. They're, they're not good, Um, but I just have them. I kept them all because I was like, I don't know. If, if anything happens with this, it'll be cool to have them. So I do have all of those ones. I even have a, uh, I have a resin prototype that I had someone make for me Um, that's like a little bit more refined, looks mm-hmm. a little bit better. That's in my uh, case over there.
0: Awesome. So it's crazy that you, you said that you released there's a potential of 2018 late in there or late 2019. But yeah. then when we started this talking about you have produced like 60 figures or yeah. 60, which that's so much in such a short amount of time and building a community and having people that like love it so much, they volunteer and want to be at the booth and yeah. all kinds of stuff. We interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures, Dov two, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE toy planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation! Hooray, we'll save the Dov two. Limited edition custom artist made action figures in DKE toys. Check out www.dke for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! when you you're starting and doing this and it starts like you start to reshape and work that process um and someone like you first start to look at like how do i do this and finding that first factory what was that like for you because you you were still young so like yeah yeah what what was that like and then going to the factory is what i heard you say so yeah i gotta hear that it was scary i i I
1: didn't know anything that i was doing and the process of actually paying for stuff with factories especially with how i was doing it was very you send it like a wire transfer which is like the least safe way you can send any sort of money yeah and i didn't know anything about how it was going to go i didn't know the process i didn't know how long it took i didn't know shipping all that sort of stuff so it, it was very very terrifying for me um but it it, it worked out. Um, we did our first I, I ordered six different variants at once so I could get I, I couldn't do it wow. right with uh, one. So we had like a hundred of each figure or something like that. And then the gold one was only 50. Um, so we did those. Um, I had them all in the back of the box. like it kind of like teased them coming out. Um, but we did those. they came in. they were good. Um, we released the first one with the gold one as like a bundle. Um, And they sold out in like a few minutes. And I was like, Oh, my God, this is crazy. You know, I, I didn't think that people were gonna care about it too much. And I was like, Okay, this is cool. And then like a month later, we released the next one. It was 125 pieces. And it sold out in like 30 seconds. And I was like, Okay, this might be like a real thing, you know, that I can actually do. So I went to the factory, I contacted, them, I was like, okay, I want to make more of the Glow and the Bigfoot one, because I was like, those are gonna be the next ones. I only had like 125 of those two, but they obviously went too fast. So I decided that I was going to do a pre-order for the next wave of them. We did like a charity thing where like, there's like a few dollars donated for every figure sold. Um, and then I just made them to order and they were like, I sold like 600 of each, something like that. And Holy I was crap. like... crap. Yeah, so we had to go and we had to remake a bunch of them and I had to wait for them to come in. And then it it was really crazy, though. I, I didn't expect anything of like that. The highest one we ever did um, was the next wave of figures. So after we did these first six, we went back and we did some variant ones. We did a, a reverse cotton candy. Cotton candy we did as a charity release as well. But reverse cotton candy we did same sort of way. And we sold like 1,900 figures in two days. So that was
0: wild. <laughs> while I catch my breath about the amount of <laughs> figures that you were sold, I'm going to open another one. Um, yeah. so that's crazy. 1900 figures in two days. You're, and these are your first couple. So you're saying se- yeah. you're, you're selling at a capacity that many can't keep up with. Yeah. And so it's, it's crazy to hear. I just pulled, uh, my favorite one that's on the box, which I'm stoked about. Um, <laughs> that's a a, a crazy uh capacity can you like i'm gonna need to hear like how did you boom this is the favorite one that's the glow Um, one that's a chase yes that's what i'm talking about um that's that's perfect it's a great i love that one I, I don't even know how to phrase this because it's it's such a crazy thing to see <laughs> that you're that a toy is designed and it immediately takes off like that. So you you design this, the first couple do it extremely well and then you release another one, 1900 sold. How how uh, far into this journey are you by this point and what is going through your head when you see the total of 1900 figures? <laughs>
1: um so that was a little bit in. That I think that was it was after New York, I think. But New York was our first convention, and we had, like, actual logistics and stuff.
0: What year are um, we looking was... at for that one?
1: New York was 2020, I think, or 2019. Okay. It's up, so if you look, they're in chronological order back oh, here. Oh, great. So the first set of them right here, and then New York was the end of that year. So it would have been 2019 okay. when we did the first one. So those ones, uh, that was my first like actual like logistics, trying to get them to a convention and stuff. And it was mm. a disaster. I, <laughs> I I was, I didn't know how to do it right. Um, our figure didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. We were going to do a t-shirt one that said, I chomp New York, which we ended up releasing like a year later. Um, the mold didn't look right. Um, the skeleton figure was supposed to be a white glow figure, and it was going to look like an x-ray. So I had like a blue outline around mm. it. I had the factory make it and they messed it up like completely it was like blue glow and it had white eyes it was like really messed up so we got that variant like that picture of it and i was like no this isn't going to work we have to remake this we have to make a different figure and the person uh at this point that i'm working with for fulfillment is a guy named dustin he owns a company called plastic empire mm-hmm. and um he was like well just make the figure We'll sell it at the booth and then you can fix it and do a different one later. So we shipped them. We had to air ship them in because we had the whole fiasco of them going. They get to the convention center at the day before the convention and they cost a ton of money in handling. We didn't make any money on any of the figures, but we got them there. We released them sold out. It, it was very crazy, but um, that was a my first big scary disaster that I had with it. Um hmm. But then afterward, we started releasing stuff. Things started going better, logistically. I learned from a lot of the mistakes that we had in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, so we had the big pre-order. We started ordering higher runs. Um, eventually, we got too high, so we had to, like, kind of adjust back down. But it's yeah. it's got kind of a very odd give and take. You have to be like, okay, demand's here. I need to be slightly lower. Than demand you don't really want to be higher than just sits so we kind of adjust back and forth we order a wave of figures see how people respond and then go back and forth and now that we've been doing it for so long we kind of have a little bit more of a grasp of like okay we can sell this many figures every time no matter what the figure is essentially so it, it's a back and forth process.
0: Yeah what's crazy is uh if I heard you correctly those figures were wrong not the yes. right figures they got yep. there you still sold out we did yeah that is insane
1: i initially hated the figure i was like the haunted skeleton figure is the one and it's like one of our most popular variants that we've done Mm -hmm. but i was just so mad because like i wanted it to be a certain way and if you see like release the pin um of the same what the figure was supposed to be it's supposed to look like an x-ray so it was like a white glow with like a blue outline around it is kind of what i was thinking and i had like a, a bunch of like samples of stuff that i was like looking at to you know try to get it to match and they made this figure and it was just it wasn't bad and you know i ended up liking it afterwards but it just wasn't what i wanted it to be yeah so dustin was like okay well let's let's release it anyways uh, i like the figure and i was like okay well if you want to do it we'll do it so we did it and it came out and people loved it so then we ended up releasing another figure like the actual skeleton one we couldn't get the glow to look right so it ended up being translucent. Um, but. Yeah, it, it was very interesting because it was not something that I was planning on. I mean, it's kind of like the summary of me with the Bono Toys is I end up going into a situation hoping it's going to go a certain way. And it goes differently and we see how it goes. We make adjustments and go from there. That's that's how it always is with everything.
0: <laughs> that's so good. So what is like my favorite about this is the, the roll with the punches. I mean, yeah. there's a tendency, I think, with designing toys or making toys, resin, sufubi, whatever, um, that you get something in and you're like, this is not my standard or this is not whatever. Yeah. And but if people only knew how much money you were already invested into that, oh, it's yeah. insane. Like mold costs alone are what? 10, Ten, five, ten, fifteen thousand, whatever it takes. Yeah. And then to not only have to pay that and pay production, but it's the wrong production is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's wild. And it, it it's a process of like, okay, I didn't do this one right because of I didn't communicate these sort of things correctly. And then you make an adjustment and you go from there. I mean, it, I've made so many mistakes over the years doing this that it's just like, you learn from it. You will always make mistakes. I make yeah. mistakes, even to this day, with how we do stuff, like consistently. So it, it's a matter of just reacting to it and, you know, making the best out of whatever the situation is. It Usually what I've learned with figures is they will never turn out exactly how I imagine them, ever. <laughs> so... I have to I have to take that into account every time. I'm always going to yeah. see the problems that I have with the figures as opposed to like a lot of people they come out and they're like oh, you know this is great I love it but they're not seeing like the one little tiny thing that I hate for whatever reason.
0: Absolutely. Um <laughs> while I open a uh, fourth one which I'm stoked about, I it's crazy to have such a good attitude especially like dealing with a factory that is I'm assuming in China yeah. and dealing with people that uh, there's a language barrier. There is the reality that your 500 pieces is not high on their priority. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like, man, I feel powerless. And so an attitude of roll with the punches is ideal.
1: Yeah. no, definitely. There's always going to be errors, mistakes, everything. You just got to adjust and go move on from it. That's the best advice I can give with those sort of things.
0: Yeah. Uh, boom. We got green guy.
1: I love that one. That one, uh, Andrew actually made that variant himself. So he made two of them. Um, The base set was like mostly ours, like our old designs. And then that's the Jolly Green Chomp. He made that one. And then he did the uh, Mean Muggin one. Those were his own designs.
0: Well, tell him thank you for making dope stuff. (laughs) Um, You come out of that one, 2019, learning from these types of mistakes. You're heading in, all of a sudden, covid we we know what happens. How did Abominable Toys succeed and really push through COVID?
1: COVID was definitely a tough one. Um, it, the production issues were the main problem, but we did get relatively lucky with how we were producing stuff. We are doing it in pretty large batches, and we were able to get a group of things in relatively close to when we expected them to. Um, And then obviously there was more demand for collectibles for a little bit during COVID because everyone was at home, everyone was buying stuff. So that ended up working out pretty well for us. It definitely could have been worse. Mm -hmm. Um, Shipping delays were our biggest thing. We had to really manage like, okay, here's what we have on hand. Here's what's going to come in at some point. We don't know when. Um, So we were very much so like just like planning it out as much as we could, trying to space out our product. We had some decent gaps in stuff, like a few months uh, at the worst, where we were just like, we don't have anything. we And we have to make what we have last for as long as we can, basically. So that that was definitely difficult. That was the hardest yeah. part for us to just kind of figure out, like, okay, here's what we have. What do we need to do to make it last as long as we can?
0: Yeah, which, I, I mean, to it was uh, hopefully it never happens again, but it was like your first and last time, like really looking through a pandemic of how are we yeah. going to do this? And so to come out on the other end, still producing, still willing to be a part of this. Um, the question, because we're, we're now four years out, which is crazy to think about Yeah, coming out of COVID and then trying to get production runs and all that stuff going. How did you stay excited? through all of that and then pushing into 2021 and 2022.
1: So we got a lot more followers during COVID. I yeah. think everyone kind of had a lot of growth because everyone was looking for stuff to do. Everything was looking for stuff to collect. Cause everyone is at home doing all that sort of stuff. So we had a pretty significant uptick in collectors for a little bit. So we were adjusting run sizes for that. We were uh, looking into licenses. We did our first license one shortly after that, which was the uh, Bob Ross one. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is we,
0: so good, by the way. Yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I watch Joy painting all the time, so it was very cool to be able to do it. Um... And I got to do, like, one of my favorite paintings on it, and it was a very fun process to even just learn how licensing worked, because that's Mm -hmm. not something that I ever did before as well. So we were just looking into different stuff like that. We released Chomper. Chomper was our, you know, we had him... I think we started Chomper like a year or two after Chomp came out, like the Chomp figure. So we teased him and we're like, oh, you know, we have a another character that we're going to try to do at some point. And we finally got to release those figures uh, after COVID, which was great. It was a lower price point, which helped because after COVID, yeah. when everyone spent all their money, then <laughs> everyone was, you know, looking for cheaper stuff again. Yeah. So Chomper was very good. I'm glad that we pivoted towards having him in, in the time that we did, and we we're going to be doing more with him. Um, but it. It was very cool to be able to expand into other lines and do different stuff like that. So we were kind of just like, we were at basically our peak during COVID. You know, we got the most followers we had. We got a lot of growth, more so than we've seen before. So we were just like, okay, let's try a bunch of new stuff. And Chomper ended up working at a lower price point. And now after that, we're looking into like licensing our characters out. Like We did the handmade by robots ones. We did the frozen culture ones. Those situations are really great for us because we have to work with companies that have a lot larger scale and they're Mm. doing stuff that they can produce at a price point that we can't like. So we can't make anything at reasonable run sizes that we could retail for $20 like the handmade robots figures that we do or the frozen culture figures that we've been opening uh, here. I mean, that sort of thing is just not something that we can produce at our scale. So it's very nice to be able to get into situations where we can expand and do more things like that.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I'm going to open another one because I welcome to Toys on Tap. (laughs) Um, One of the craziest things about, especially the Frozen culture, um, designer toys is intimidating uh, for a lot of people, I believe, because it's like, they're so expensive. If you're in it, you're in it. And so to be a part of... um, a part of like toys on tap, the podcast is interviewing people from all different scenes and, and really wanting to invest in different people. Um, Having something that was at this price point where I could walk up and say, I want a box and still it's less than one toy from some other artist is insane. Mm -hmm. So like, well done with that. Also, I got his other one, the grump guy. Oh yeah. So stoked about that. Um, (laughs) So yeah, to have like, that as a, I don't know, like you're just, you made it achievable. You made it so that people that are outside the community can come in and feel okay.
1: Yeah. We were kind of like, we were in a situation that was kind of new. I, I think a lot of people that are into designer toys now started collecting Funko. A lot of our audience collected Funko Pops. They're a $10 price point. They're kind of like a an entry point into collecting for a mm-hmm. lot of people. It's very cheap. It appeals to everybody because there's always some sort of license that you can get into. And they go from that, and then they're like, okay, I want to get more serious about collecting. I want to collect stuff that's different, you know? So they find out about designer toys, and there's that – there, like you said, there's a jump to go from spending $10 on a figure to spending, you know, $60 plus on anything, like, designer toy-wise. And obviously – I know why the prices are like that, because everyone's doing small production, if it's production at all, if it's not handmade, you know, so there's a lot of costs into that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, people who are buying Funko Pops to start out, are they're not really looking at that. So we kind of hit this price point in between even starting with Chomp, we started at like a $30 price point, which for us was really, it, it worked really well for us, because whenever mm-hmm. people were moving into it. They could, it's like a nice stepping stone into like a more expensive, handmade, you know, super designer toy stuff. And we kind of dwelled in that range for like a really long time. And now we're kind of like, we're like, okay, we're able to produce so much more product because we've grown it to a point. Let's start moving that price point as low as we can, trying to make them as cheap as possible and able to be going to as many people as possible. So that's right. kind of where we've been transitioning into right now.
0: And it's a smart transition and crazy. Um, It's hard to like every scene or every part of the toy world, whatever you want to call it, they all have different price points as it is. And so, I mean, you hit the nail when you said like licensing, because they can print at such a lower cost. And and so I get a box of, I don't know how many are in this box, but I get this whole box for a hundred bucks and I'm able to have fun and like open it and do that versus you go into the safubi scene and i get for a hundred dollars i get a massive kaiju looking thing yeah but i get one and then for resin toys sometimes it's like a hundred dollars and i get a 3.75 action figure so it's like the scale is crazy
1: it is and i I think there's a value in all i mean obviously the amount of effort and work that's put into something that is you know handmade or even like safubi i mean it's it's insane the cost and the time and all that sort of stuff that goes into it. So the price points make sense. It's just not accessible to everybody. I think it, that's where we came in. We were like, you know, let's see where we can place Chomp. Who for us is just like it's a cute Yeti character that appeals to most people that see him. Um so we're trying to get him into a range where people are like, Okay, you know, I could I could spend thirty dollars on this just because, you know, and that that's all you need. You need that like okay I like that I want to buy it and it's hard to do that the higher price point you are so we've just been gradually trying to slide that scale down to a point where it is achievable for everybody where they can be like oh that guy's cute I'll buy him you know that's that's right. kind of what we're trying to get to
0: um tell me about chomper I'm I'm interested in uh so not only are you doing amazing things as far as a company that's focusing on one character but then you you come together as like as the whole company would say, like we want to do a new character. Yeah. Already, like we're we're uh, encroaching on something that's really different. Um, mm-hmm. what was the deciding factor to do another Chomp style figure, but like to bring in another character?
1: I think since we started with Chomp, we were like, I mean, Chomp's cute. He's a cute character. We we were very fond of him. But we were like, what's the most logical thing to do after? a yeti character do a baby one you know so we were like okay let's let's do a smaller yeti character how we want to make it similar enough that it's like okay he's he's people who are collecting chomp will be like they'll like the character just to begin with but we also want to make him you know slightly different so he has you know unique personality and characteristics that people aren't just like oh this is just a smaller chomp you know so we were looking into that for a little bit. We actually when we did the first versions of it, uh mm-hmm. Benjamin Sue who co-created Chomp with me, um we took a picture of Chomp and we just shrunk him down and had the face be really big. And that's <laughs> that, was, that was the first version of Chomper that we ever had. We we're like, "Okay, that's something." <laughs> yeah. And then we started adding like, "Okay, what would be an, another cute thing that would differentiate him?" So we did the hair curl. We did his mouth differently. He's like happier than Chomp. Um we had smaller teeth, um, things like that. So it was just kind of like going back and forth. It's like, okay, what would Chomp look like if he was a baby? Um, so yeah, we, we wanted to do just like a cuter version and that was kind of the goal. And then once we started thinking about price points and stuff, we were, okay, we'll do a cuter one, we'll do them smaller and then it'll be cheaper. So it, it kind of just grew from there. And so we ordered like the first, like the whole wave, everything we've released so far, we ordered at one time mm-hmm. and just, Seeing how people reacted to it, um and now we're working on the next wave of Chomper. um That's kind of where we're in this intermediate part right now, we haven't released Chomper in a little bit, but he's definitely coming soon. So we're, we're trying to balance it and figure out what we need to produce. Um, but yeah, Chomper was just kind of like the logical next step. Let's let's shift that price point. Let's make Chomp cuter, but he's still, you know, people who collect Chomp are going to relate to this character. They're going to like him and they're going to want to collect him. So he's not drastically different but he's different enough that you could be like, okay, I only collect Chomper or, or I only collect Chomp. You can differentiate it and set those like invisible boundaries that everybody has as a collector. Like, okay, I'll get all of this character. I'll get all this version, you know? And it's the only way I, I I as a collector can feel complete is when I draw my little invisible line in the sand where like, I'll get all these, but I won't get these ones.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, my hope was that you were going to say it's a cute version of Chomp at a cute price. Like what a funny. Yeah, that
1: would have been a better tagline. <laughs> um, I
0: should have said that. <laughs> I uh I mean we're going to open another one. Um it's such a good the fact that you were able to tap in and like connect it to an audience that already exists because it looks relatively similar, I mean yeah. within the same family is such a genius move in like marketing. Like you already mm-hmm. like one of our things. Here's another one.
1: Yeah, a cuter and cheaper one. That's what we really like.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is, it was so fun. Boom. Oh, Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot. That's a I'm good one. Pumped about these. Thursday
1: night, Thursday 7 p.m. Live. YouTube Live. It's toys alive. Toys, toys alive. toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive.
0: This way cool artist unboxing no accounts under a thousand followers, what? art out there for 30 bucks or less. collector spotlight, Ooh, current and spot. upcoming shows and drops, sure. giveaways, what? short chats with artists.
1: <laughs> 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 and news from the hood, yes.
0: 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys, Toys Live, Toys Live time. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Yeah, <laughs> God, the stands look and they feel so good. Yeah, great. Um, the part that is very interesting is all the different aspects or all the different materials you've printed chomp in that over yeah. the time that you did this and you kept going through COVID and all those things, you've consistently produced chomp in new variations and new materials. Yeah. So what, what are the materials that you've produced chomp in so far and then uh, chomper as well?
1: So I mean, vinyls primarily like what we do. We, we've done pretty much everything production-wise is vinyl. We've once we started doing stands and like some additional pieces, we introduced like um, PVC plastic. So there's like different variants with that, uh, where it's like a mix of vinyl, and then there's like certain pieces. We did a robot one that had a like clear cover that you can remove from the face. Um, and that was like a hard plastic. So mm-hmm. a lot of it has not been entirely like, oh, I'm going I'm setting out to make it in this new material. It was more so like the factory's like, hey, you can't do this in vinyl because of these reasons. And we're like, yeah. okay, well, let's 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 make it work however we can. Um, but just recently at DesignerCon, we did um the resin ones with Fifth Turtle, and they had a, a really crazy response that we weren't really expecting. We did a low run just to kind of test it out. Um, but resin is something that we're definitely looking into now. I mean, it, it's very, you know, uh, rooted in designer toy, you mm-hmm. know, culture and stuff. Resin's a, a very big part of it. So we definitely want to do more with it. Um, and we've kind of, we've talked about doing like full production, like full size figures uh, in resin and stuff like that. So it's something that we're looking into. Um, and just recently we started looking into Sufubi a little bit. We want to do it right. Um, so we want to find like a nice Japanese manufacturer to do it like as right as we can. Um, but we don't have a set in stone timeline of what we're going to yeah. do it or if we'll do it. But we also, we did, um, a long time ago, we did a sample of a wooden chomp. So I have like a solid wood one. Wow. Back here. Yeah. I'll see. I can probably grab it actually.
0: Oh yeah. Show and tell is all I'm here for.
1: <laughs> this one, we haven't released this. I have the only one. <laughs> But it is a
0: it's solid wood.
1: It weighs like two and a half pounds,
0: but it's like actual wood. That's fantastic. And it's all is it all one piece or are they like different? It's all one piece. It's all one piece. piece.
1: Okay. It's really crazy. I don't entirely know how they made it, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um it has like a little, I don't know if you can see, an etched like a bone toys logo on the bottom. But it's like it's solid, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. i have it sitting on my desk back there it's <laughs> awesome but it was just it's very expensive those costs was like just for that one sample it was like three or four hundred bucks just to have it yeah and then production was going to be like over a hundred dollars per figure just to do it so it just it might be something we just did like the kickstarter for the mega ones mm-hmm. um and that went really well for us and it was kind of a little bit more risky of a project because big and expensive and it takes up a lot of space um so it, it was one of those things where we're like, okay, let's try out a Kickstarter. Let's do it. Um, it went well. So this might be something that we experiment with. And Kickstarters in general might be something we do for different materials, different things like that. So yeah. we're looking into it, trying to do different stuff like that as much as we can.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy because Kickstarter, I mean, God bless Kickstarter because some of these projects <laughs> are coming to life and it's amazing. Um, have you as like abominable toys thought of also doing plushie is that somewhere in the realm of where you're headed
1: yeah so we did um a long time ago like okay. uh probably four years ago maybe we did a uh plush set we did chomp and chomper awesome. um i made the mistake of producing them at the same time so we produced them we paid way too much for the plush so we had to sell them in a bundle and there is like 50 dollars for the bundle and that was just too high of a price point for what it mm-hmm. was um so we're trying we're talking about doing a bunch of different other plush because I mean chomp being a yeti furry you know it, it makes the most sense to be a plush I mean you know, a lot of people whenever we post pictures of the um figure and stuff they ask us too they're like is it a plush or is it a squishy? it was the two questions we get all the time <laughs> just because of how he looks he's, he's very like he, he looks very furry yeah. and cuddly and you know like that so it's definitely something that we're looking into. Um yeah. we're gonna try to do. I want our next plush to be at a very good price and I want it to be established with some sort of brand. So Mm -hmm. we're trying to do something that's not just our own plush. We're trying to find a company that we'll produce with and do something that's a little bit more uh,
0: established when it comes to plush. Yeah, like Beanie Baby. That's the dream we need. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Yeah, something um, like that. What's crazy, there's a company out there called... um, uh, makeship have you ever heard of them i have yeah um they're an interesting company because they do like that kickstarter version for plushies which is cool yeah. but they have uh because they're not i mean they're a big company but they're not giant and so they have a li- like you have to be a certain level of creator that they mm-hmm. like a provable fan base in order to make it yeah. um which i get like that's insane but um that's If anyone's out there, I mean, go through MakeShift. Um, The it's cool that you went into the uh, plushy thing because I think that, especially with this character, more than most other characters, like it looks like you want to hold it and squeeze it, anyways. So it's like that is the thing to do.
1: Yeah, it was just something ever since we even like had an initial, we're like, oh, it's a hairy Yeti, you know. I mean, it, it makes sense to do something
0: plush yeah absolutely so i i mean i gotta keep opening that's that's what we're here for <laughs> um i love you know oh i like this one too a lot um oh albino yeah albino holy mo- i'm yeah. glad they all have memes like that yeah because in, in my head I w- i'm just like naming them like strawberry <laughs> shortcake or something yeah um but that's i'm glad they all have names um man god they are so good you killed it um so you you move uh through it and you produce all these things uh how did you come in contact with and then look at frozen culture because it's it's in front of me with doing that kind of stuff because um i'm assuming that working with another brand they want to do their best to like license and get the likeness of the figure and all those things but it's probably still like we're we're going to see how this goes so with frozen culture like what was that like
1: so their their first line of figures that they ever did they started out with back to the future with like unofficialized yeah. back to the future That that's crazy to start out with for sure so andrew i met him at designer con i literally I, I walked past his booth and i was like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever i love it so i was just like hey i want to work with you i don't know how i'm going to work with you but I i'd love to if it's something we can do so we started mm-hmm. talking and um we ended up working it out and he he's literally like the easiest person i've ever worked with his work is like super clean everything's like ai files he makes like these packets of all the art and he does it in like a day or two i've never met anyone that's like as fast as him um so it it was an incredibly pleasant experience working with him on that we did I mean, we have this wave one and then we did the gingerbread one for designer.com, but we have a bunch of other sets that are releasing like throughout the year. Um, but it, it, the whole process was really, it, it was a great process to work with them. Everything went pretty smoothly. Um, there were some like delays with the factory, but I mean, nothing that really mattered, you know, because we were, we didn't have a timeline. We didn't have any sort of set like, oh, it has to be here for this sort of time. So it, it worked out really well all the way around. I, I was very happy with getting to actually do it
0: unreal so how many yeah. as far as it goes with like releasing this stuff and then the gingerbread one and and releasing all your figures and working with conventions and all the stuff that's in that how many conventions have you now been a part of and then does the convention circuit build joy into this or like kind of drain <laughs> you um I,
1: I love going to conventions I, i've been doing it enough now where it's like It's definitely tiring Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a lot to do it, but i mean i've been doing it since 2019 um i've done every every new york comic con from 2019 until now i've done every designer con from 2019 until now usually i go to san diego usually i go to mega con so those are kind of like the main ones so i've probably done like 30 35 Mm -hmm. in like the last five years something like that um it, it's it's a good experience because I get to go and meet people that like actually collect the product because I talk to them. I usually do signing the stuff with Ben in New York. So it, it's very fun to get to do that sort of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. take pictures of people, do those sort of things. Um, but it is definitely a lot of work. So I, I love it. I love being a part of it, being able to do it. But it is gradually becoming more tiring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you talked about <laughs> these like uh, super fans as we open yeah. another one. Um, and they helped you out at the um, the booth, and they do that. Um, explain, like, are there people that have all of your figures? Are there people that are like diehard collectors? Which, by the way, boom! Oh, another pink one. Ooh, <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> oh, um, so good.
1: Yeah, there's. I'd say there's pr- probably like five to ten people that have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy because the first figure we did is only 50 pieces. Um, we did a founder's pin at the beginning that's 25 pieces. So th- there's like a good portion of people that are like really dedicated to it. and I mean that that's incredible to see. I mean, it, it, it's wild to me to know that there's people that like other than me who just gets all the figures because I make them. Yeah. Um That are that dedicated to collecting everything and spending that amount of money on getting it. It, it, It's definitely, it's crazy. And you get to meet these people, and it's awesome because, like, like you said, um, Ashley and Clint. I mean, they help us with the designer company Mm -hmm. all the time. I've met so many great people that do all sorts of like incredibly nice things, like just helping me out with all sorts of different things. So it's awesome. It's very heartwarming to see that there's like people that care that much about something that you (laughs) just made like out of nowhere. So it. It's a very humbling and very heartwarming thing to see that there's that many people that actually care about it.
0: Yeah, that is so incredible. So when you when you look over Chomp and Chomper and Abominable Toys at at a whole, where are you headed? Where do you want to be in the next however long? So
1: I've talked about this a lot because it's like it's something that I kind of have to always be looking for i mean we're gonna grow we're gonna expand try to do different things hopefully you know hopefully i can get i can do this for a longer period of time um but the way we're shifting the company the way we're doing stuff uh i've always thought of it like end game like if we were to get like as big as we possibly be we'd be kind of like a almost like a Sanrio style company where we have a, a cast of characters that we make products with. Like we produce our own things, we license our own things, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of like where I want to be at some point. Um, obviously that's a, a very hefty goal, but we're trying to introduce more characters. We're trying to do more things. Uh, we we um, released a mug uh, last year that was of a character called Swamp who's mm. a, a a sea monster um and she's our first girl character but it's like a we haven't done a figure of her yet but we're gonna try to expand with more of her we have a couple other characters that we're working on and we've teased a little bit uh over the years but it's something that i think also the more characters you release and the more stuff that you have like that we can release more products a year without overwhelming collectors like if, if you only collect chomp then you can be like, okay, every month we're going to release a figure. We're going to release a Hamlet Robots figure. You know, all those different things. Um, but there's only so much you can do with that. You know, right. we want to keep people excited about it. We want to make it so it's not an overwhelming process. It should be fun to collect the figures. So we don't want to make it like a chore. So the only way to do that, the only way to expand and do more things without making like crazy run sizes is to introduce more characters that other people collect. You know, mm-hmm. and some people might collect you know, both of them or all of them, stuff like that. But we're moving to a point where we're going to be like, okay, we have a chomp release every month. We have a chomper release every month. We have a swamp release every month, you know, and the more characters we do, the more different lines of products we do, the more we can release without overwhelming an individual fan. So that that's kind of our goal. We're trying to introduce more characters, introduce more lines, do different things so that we can continue to grow as a company and be able to produce more fun and exciting things without overwhelming everybody that wants to be involved with it so that's, right. that's kind of what we're gradually moving towards
0: which is awesome and that's so good to hear because i cannot wait to get a swamp that is yeah. amazing i can't wait to do that um we have one more to open from this box um we have uh the last part of the podcast which i always like is um oh i'm pumped that i got this one because it's another original oh yeah that's a good one having wrong one. with original right um we man so many pictures are going to be taken i need to find ways to pose with them <laughs> um the last part we have a couple different things that i have left for you which i'm stoked that you were a part of it and we got to open those with you and um uh we the last part is really a point in which you can plug everything upcoming stuff and 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 all this stuff that's kind of surrounds you with licensing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to jump into the nitty gritty after we close this out. And I'm really pumped about that uh, because it's something that's specific for each artist. Uh, so mm-hmm. please plug away upcoming projects where people can find you if they want to license all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Abondletoys.com is our website, kind of our hub for all of our different stuff. Um, and then on social media, toys Instagram, Twitter, facebook uh, it's always just abominable toys so that's a good way to get in contact with us see all of our new stuff uh, we have a newsletter on our website too that we send all the new things that we do um our next convention that we're going to have something at is MegaCon, which is on the first there should be an announcement about that relatively soon uh if not already by the time this goes up um and then like we'll be at san diego we'll be at new york uh designer con all that sort of stuff so we definitely have a lot of fun exciting stuff coming throughout this year there's some very very big projects that i can't even talk about yet this year i'm really excited about so stay tuned for some really probably the coolest things that we've done ever so i'm I'm really looking forward to that this year
0: there's a toys on tap right there that's how we do it uh thank you so much for coming on uh it's awesome to have you here to do this and it means the world
1: no, it, it, it's been amazing. I'm so glad I got to be a part of this and get to do this with you.